Good afternoon and welcome to your American Heritage, baby. My name is Ed Von Ranka. My chromosomes are X and Y. My pronouns are the and thou. And I am not your normal fluffy Christian show. So producing the show, Derek, the guy that answers the phones, warns me commercials are coming, puts the guests online and finds answers to questions that we ask and warns me that commercials are coming. And then, you know, tells me I got 15 seconds left. That's Derek Stone, the radio man of mystery. He hosts Stone Cold Sports Truth Sundays at noon 30, right after my friend Sean Todd hosts The Intersection at noon. The Intersection is... Not your normal fluffy Christian show. And you should listen to both shows before Operation Freedom comes on at 2. Listen to the Saturday lineup of Abolitionist Roundtable, Trigger Talk with Dick Kupke, Moment of Clarity with Rick, Rick Dieterman and myself. And that's right before this show. And then to find a calming cultural influence, stay tuned to Speaking of Art with Ed Hoffman. Your American Heritage is on Spotify, Apple, or Google Music Podcasts. And you can, and you should, subscribe Boost the signal, be a Paul Revere, and get the word out. We work hard on this broadcast, and we, it's not just a, uh, something that uh, we blow off and say, oh, glad that's done. We put a lot of information in here for you, and you can share it with others. It's day 1,214 of the coup, the taking of the American government by enemies, both foreign and domestic. And that would be mostly domestic. There's a war going on for control of America and the world, and you. And so we've got to fight back. And how do we do that? Well, we organize. You can't fight back without organizing. You get picked off as a loner. So attend a good church, one where the pastor warns the sheep of the danger. Educate your neighbors. We go to court. We support those that go to court financially, prayerfully. And we support those that are running for office that support godly American values. And then we hold them to account for it. We make sure they do. And we support those that have stood and those that have gone to jail, both financially and prayerfully. January 6th political prisoners come to mind, the ones who have been unfairly prosecuted. Pro-life activists who face prison for standing in front of an abortion mill. Yeah. And then vote, whether they cheat or not, and help others to vote. Don't sit on the sidelines. And we arm ourselves, intellectually, of course, and we pray. I said before, they may have a Justice Department. We have a God. Psalm 144, blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So it's time to clasp our hands and our fingers, the ones he's trained, and let's pray. Let's go to war. This is a prayer for removal of the wicked that I read on, online. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that all workers of wickedness be removed from position of power, prominence, and prestige. We ask that you open the eyes of those being deceived and place people who stand for your righteous cause in the high places of government and influence. Please bring enemies of good and sound morals to a place of repentance. And if they will not repent, please remove them from our presence. Amen. Well, show note, I'm in an awkward position today. I don't do this show to promote my voice or my opinion, but to present those who know more than I do. There are times I want to give out my opinion on a matter and go on a rant. I think about it through the week. And then I realize what I'm going to talk about is probably something you already heard on the news yourself. And unless I have some insight, I feel that uh, I've heard that I haven't heard anywhere else. Well, what's the point of me talking about it? And so I like to have interesting guests on to present to you for their opinion, informed guests. And I have a guest today, a friend of the show and the nation, who's been on the show a number of times. 
And uh, Pastor Archer Pulowski holds his church services on Saturdays. Now, don't read anything into that doctrinally, but that means that we have to wait for him to stop speaking to his congregation before talking to us. And so we're going to do that. And in the meantime, so there's not a lot of dead air, uh, I want to talk about a few things. Now, I was one of the first, and I'm going to brag about this, I was one of the first, if not the first, to locate Pastor Archer after I saw his Easter message to the police who were trying to enter his church to close his services and shut him up. This is his Easter message to the police. Ready? Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Get out of this property immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property. Immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. I don't want to talk to you. And they say, you know, exorcisms are not for today. He was actually casting them out. These Many of these come out with uh, much fasting and prayer. Uh, so Pastor Arthur became a voice of one standing in the wilderness, a voice for liberty and opposition to the oppressive, tyrannical, fascist regimes that were standing on our throats, doing more damage to our voice than any respiratory illness. And he paid for it. He did not back down. He went to jail. He was beaten. He was humiliated. And he did not back down. He, along with Pastor John MacArthur, Pastor Rob McCoy, and Pastor Sean Todd, the intersection, and others stood up and said that God would not have us shut our churches for the pleasure of the state. A good movie to watch is The Essential Church. And this tells the story of Pastor John MacArthur and his board standing up to the dictates of a governor who dined with his rich friends while demanding that churches remain closed. It tells of the legal, historical, and moral reasons for standing up the way they did. There are historical reasons for doing this, and, and you have a lot to learn from watching that. It's pretty good. And let us not forget, even though we don't face fake threads of COVID right now, you know, they're not threatening us with COVID right now, but uh, they, they could come back at any time. So we can't relax. Now, Eric Metaxas has written a book and has now produced a movie on that book called A Letter to the American Church. It's a message based on his biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the well-known German pastor who spoke out against the Nazi regime, the real Nazis. And Bonhoeffer became involved in the plot to assassinate Hitler on top of this. And he was executed after imprisonment just days before Germany's surrender. So they had a vendetta against him. But he was a pastor, as the others we just mentioned, that spoke out against the injustices he saw around him. I reminded of Jesus telling the scribes, and the scribes were the people who wrote things down. And Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. I say that to say this, journalists today lionize pastors like Dr. Martin Luther King for standing up to the government against racist policy and civil rights. He went to jail, these pastors went to jail and they were beaten for standing up for their rights and the rights of others. But then these same journalists applaud the jailing and beating of those pastors who stand up for your right to worship. 
And other pastors keep their mouths shut. They look the other way. They say things like, Jesus wants us to be submissive to the authorities. And politics is dirty. We are better than that. Well, tell that to the black robe regiment who took their congregations to battle to secure their and our rights to worship in a church that wasn't permitted by the state. They say that men don't attend church and attendance is down. Well, what is the attraction of a meek church mouse who will not speak to atrocities being committed against their congregation, who won't speak out against the mandatory damaging of the temples of the living God by injections they don't want to take, who won't speak out against the mutilation of our youth, both their brains and their bodies, by a corrupt educational system, and who won't exhibit the masculinity that God gave them to protect the innocent, particularly those in the womb, by advocating for those laws and those politicians who support those laws that protect the young and the unborn. In other words, who these pastors who won't get involved politically. Now, this is not an excuse to stay out of church. The wolf pack loves an outlier. Band with a good church, so you have people praying for you, and then pray. Here's how it works, okay? This is from the Bible. Don't tune out. It's not. It's brief. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And this happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison basically for political reasons, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up quick, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. And the angel said, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him that, and Peter followed him out of the prison and did it. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they walked through the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a, service, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening and exclaimed, Peter's at the door, leaving him standing there, right? Well, find a church that will pray for political prisoners who are brothers in the Lord that will pray for January 6th political prisoners, for that will pray for prisoners who are in prison because they stood up for uh, uh, the unborn in front of abortion clinics and pray that this regime falls and then pray for that pastor, that lightning rod. Now, I asked a friend of mine, Alex Wassel, to call in and I'm going to take a break from what I'm talking about here right now. And we're going to talk about what's going on at the... Uh, Michigan Republican Convention, because this affects us. Alex, you still on the phone? Uh, yeah, Hi. Ed, I'm still here. Um, okay, so I what's just going on? I just wanted to uh, say that uh, this has been a very uplifting convention. I mean, everything ran very smoothly. 
a lot of a positive dialogue about the upcoming election and the new leadership. And um, I could say that also there's plenty of pastors in the in the Michigan Republican Party that are wanting to step up and, and, and fight the good fight. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, this is this is very important. Uh, by the way, it looks like Trump's the overwhelming favorite there, right? Yes. Well, they, they uh, uh, split up the uh, convention and or caucus by uh, congressional districts. I'm in the sixth con- congressional district, and um, out of 128 delegates voting. Only one voted for Nikki Haley. The rest voted for Trump. Wow. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, there's one in every crowd, huh? Yeah. Uh, so, I, uh, I guess, but it is a, a democratic process. But uh, I'll tell you, the overwhelming support for Trump is uh, unbelievable at this uh, convention. And that's somebody else that we can pray for, too, because of all that's come against him in the, you know, in the courts. And it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see the the attacks on Trump turned around and come right back at the very Democrats who are attacking him. It's almost like it was planned by an intelligence far greater than ours. If you get my drift. I mean, oh. the whole thing with the whole thing with uh, Fanny uh, down in, in uh, Georgia you know, all the corruption exposed there because she thought she had Trump? Yeah? Well, I, I'm sure there's a scripture saying about when everybody is against you, but if the Lord is for you, uh, everything is possible. You? Yep. The Lord be for you, who can be against you? That's right. And and there's the other one about all things are possible with Christ. Right. And so, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that, uh, let me put this, God can put a man in place without him being a godly man. And we saw that with uh, King Cyrus, right? And, you know, he, he he basically was not a godly man, but God used him and and protected the, the uh, Hebrew people through that process, even while they were in captivity. And, and God has his hands on these things. When we see what's going on uh, the, with the Supreme Court uh, and— uh, particularly the case where they don't want to let uh, uh, Trump be on the ballot in various states. And we see that's working against them. And, and it's the political bias of the left and of these these uh, governors, uh, justices on the left is being shown for what it is. It's a, it's a reach. It's, it's an embarrassment for them. I was uh, reading an article recently that talked about how embarrassing uh, it was that for the left that uh, the uh, Jack Smith case is being pushed back because the Supreme Court's going to wait for a while to rule on whether Trump has immunity or not. And so their whole their whole process is in disarray. You can take that piece off the chessboard. Everybody who saw what happened with um, the case with, um, oh, I forget, do you remember the name of the prosecutor in, in uh, Letitia James in New York? Oh, uh, there's one. Uh, one is Smith, right? Jack Smith. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, Smith. Is, Smith is in Florida and Washington. Letitia, Letitia James is James the prosecutor is in, in in New York who's trying to get him for uh, um, the um, the funds oh, using the, uh, the fraud, misstating uh, his one valuation. Is a, a fraud for uh, uh, 
taking a loan and paying it back. I, I don't know. The, I can't. There's so many cases, it's hard to keep them straight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In this particular one, you know, he's being accused of fraud where nobody was defrauded. He's accused of, um, uh, you know, cheating where nobody else felt cheated. The, the very people felt cheated. So, all right, so it sounds like it's going good at the convention there, and I appreciate the the uh, the update, Alex, and thanks yep. for calling in, my friend and my brother. Okay, my right? my pleasure. We'll have faith together. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Pastor Arthur Pulowski is joining us now. So, uh, Pastor Arthur, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, we just finished the church service, so um, that's why I'm a little bit late. Yes, I was telling the audience that, and I appreciate that. And man, I'll I'll wait for for service on the Lord anytime. So thank you, thank you for your service. How's that? So, uh, in in more ways than one, boy, it's been over a year since we talked, and I I find that uh, hard to believe, and it's probably uh, 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 poor behavior on my part. But I wanted you to catch up the audience on what's been going on in the last. Well, I hate to ask you to go back a whole year, but you've you've been on trial for a few things. You've been in jail again for a few things, and why don't you bring the uh, bring the audience up to speed? Yeah, um, I have been charged over forty times uh, through this big lie, as I call it. Um, we had anti-terrorists arresting us over and over again, as you remember, uh, for um, inciting people. Those were the actual charges, um, if we can believe it. And you, again, you got to remember, I am a Polish immigrant. I grew up behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets. Um, so I've seen this before, but that's why we escaped. We came to Canada for freedom. Uh, and and this uh, horror is finding us um, once again, uh, you know, on the on this side. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. So um, we were charged with inciting people to come to church. Um, we were charged with officiating an illegal gathering, participating in illegal gathering. I was even arrested and charged criminally for not wearing a muzzle, baptizing my daughter in a pub, uh, park, a public river, um, uh, you know, being part of a, a gathering, outdoor gathering. I remember detectives came to my home. Detectives, out, out of all the fours, they would bring the highest paid police officers in the lunch to deliver me a $50 ticket for not wearing a muzzle in a public park. It's, it's insane. I mean, it was all harassment, intimidation. So eventually what happened, I was charged over and over again, arrested over and over again, released on bail, charged again, arrested again. I was arrested by RCMP. RCMP is like your FBI. Um, and then Calgary police and the culmination happened, as you remember, when I was asked to do a series of church services to the truckers during the truck convoy, the biggest and the most amazing civil rights movement ever seen in Canada. We had from one to two million people um, participating in this civil rights movement against this illegally implemented um, mandates and restrictions, which were not laws, but were treated as such, and people were arrested. So at that time, I was very well known. They called me Canada's pastor. They called me a freedom pastor. So when the truckers called me, they said, would you conduct a series of church services for us? Um, they did not have to ask me twice. I did it. 
I did it few in Calgary. I did it few in other places. And I went uh, to Milk River. A big convoy went to Ottawa, which is the capital a city of, of Canada. And I went to Milk River. Milk River and Coote is a, a point of entry, a border between Montana and Alberta. And I did a church service in Milk River. There was about you know thousands of people, about 10,000 um, of us, we were marching on the streets of our cities in Calgary alone. Every week we had 15 to 20,000 people coming together and, um, and walking downtown uh, saying no to this craziness. In Milk River was amazing. Cold, I mean, Alberta, I call it my little Siberia. My grandfather escaped from Siberia under the boots of the Soviets. It took him a year to come to Poland. That's where he met my grandma. Well, um, now God sent me to my little Siberia, but I'm not, uh, I have decided not to run away. Uh, we decided to fight. So what happened was um, the people over there were of every color, every uh, background. Um, it, it was absolutely beautiful. People, here's what I saw uh, during the truck convoy. People were loving each other, feeding uh, each other, bringing food and fire pits. It was minus 25, minus 30. Um, crying, singing, praying. It was incredible, incredible. People were bringing their cats, their dogs, their horses, you name it. It was the solidarity I have never seen before in this country. And um, <clears throat> all of that was done under, under of course, uh, the Canadian flag. And um, so I did one service in Milk River. We were singing national anthem, hymns. I did the Lord's Supper. I did the mini sermon. And then I went to Kutz. Uh, there was a blockade over there. RCMP was blockading the whole street. I went to talk to them. They filmed me. They took pictures. And I said, I want to do the same thing in Kutz. And uh, they opened the barricade and we went with my son, Nathaniel, and our worshiper. Uh, we went to Kutz. It was on a private ground, Smugglers Inn, a restaurant. And we did the <laughs> same thing. Um, we did the same thing. We did uh, Lord's Supper. We were singing hymns, national anthem. I prayed for people and I delivered 90 minute sermon. I mean, a sermon to the gathered crowds it was packed house. Um, yeah, police was there, but not a biggie. Um, we had nothing to hide. Everything we did was lawful. And according to our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, which, by the way, it starts with a preamble where yes, Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God and the rule of law. Our Constitution allows us to peacefully gather and exercise our God and state uh, given rights. Uh, however, this regime disagreed. And when I got home a few days later, I was, it, it was, I'm telling you, it was the biggest takedown I've ever seen, you know, takedown of El Chapo of Calgary, Al Capone of Canada. Um, we had uh, RCMP officers, we had detectives, we had. Okay, Pastor Arthur. Pastor Arthur, come on back after the break and tell us more of this. But folks, come on back. Pastor Arthur Pulowski is going to relate more of what's going on. And uh, like I said, come on back. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. Well, welcome back, folks, to 
Your American heritage, baby. Well, there we go. I'll get that right sooner or later. So we're talking today to Pastor Archer Pulowski of Calgary, Calgary, Alberta, and uh, he's telling us about some of the uh, recent (laughs) trials, uh, literal trials that he's been going through uh, because of his uh, his faith and and his belief in in God and and Scripture and and in uh, the right way to proceed. So you were you were in um, Coots, was it? And you were you were speaking there, and the RCMP let you in to do that, right? Yes, all my troubles uh, for the people to understand were always associated with me being a pastor. So I was arrested. Um, in 2006 for publicly reading the Bible. I was arrested for feeding the homeless. I was arrested for illegal distribution of uh, printed material, Bibles and and the gospel tracts. Um, so I was arrested for um, all kinds of different things associated with keeping my church uh, doors open or preaching the gospel. Uh, this is, uh, has been on go for a very long time, Canada did not turn totalitarian, socialist, communist overnight. They were working on this for a very long time, decades actually. A little law after little law being implemented to deprive us from our God and state given rights. And all of it is happening against our constitution and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, just like you are experiencing a very similar things in the States. Um, so I delivered a message to a peaceful gra- uh, crowd of people. What did I say that scared the totalitarian regime so much? Well, I've told them to stand for God and state-given rights. I told them to do it for the children. I reminded them about history, the solidarity movement. I'm a Polish man. I saw the Polish uprising when I was growing up. I told them that we have seen this before and we have won before. So we must unite, stand together and keep pushing this great evil. I told them to not obey the illegal mandates and restrictions, just simply say no, non-compliance. We can paralyze their system by simply a refusal to cooperate with the wannabe pharaohs of today, that we are nobody's slaves. So that was the tone I was saying, that with God, Solidarity Movement in Poland, you got to remember, we won because we fought with God on our side. So I delivered that sermon with a hoodie that said solidarity movement, but also on the back it says, it said, uh, with God we win. And that's what scared the tyrants uh, because a combination of a message of hope, a reminder of history and God in the middle, they know, they know history as well. And they know that they cannot win when people will grab that kind of a message. There is more of us and of the villains, uh, the 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million Polish people until the 36 million finally said enough is enough and took it to the streets. And it was over for the wannabe fires. Uh, the Iron Curtain was broken. The Berlin Wall fell down. So I was telling them history and how to fight tyrants. And a few days later, I stepped out of my house. But we didn't know at that time that I was being monitored by undercover police. And everyone showed up. They blocked the street. And uh, for a little me, it was SWAT team, a special anti-terrorist uh, unit where detected their uh, detectives, RCMP, like your FBI. Uh, they were undercover police, uniformed Calgary police. I was charged with terrorism. I was charged with inciting mischief and a breach of release order. 
interrogated for hours and then taken to prison, stripped naked, solitary confinement. I spent 45 days in solitary. I was taken from my solitary cell to a concrete cell every night. And then I was uh, being put in metal cages. Everything they were doing to me had one purpose. They came twice and they offered me to sign a deal, a plea deal that if I sign this little document, I can go home and everything will be will be dealt with. They said, just um, just say you're guilty to the little, the smallest, you know, crime, whatever, and then everything else will be dropped. And again, you got to remember, I was charged um, over 360 times through my years as a pastor, over 120 court cases and uh, 16 arrests. Many times I was being detained uh, by the police. So I said no. So they were upping their games by psychological warfare, by keeping me in a cage for 26 hours straight, um, by messing with my um, phone calls and not allowing me to see lawyers for three weeks. And then eventually, uh, believe it or not, I was kidnapped by sheriffs, taken to Edmonton, placed in Maxpod. Maxpod, for the people that do not know, it's for the most dangerous terrorists in the land. I was there in the entire unit for hundreds of people by myself, uh, being watched by three um, jailers, freezing conditions, minus 28 outside. I was shivering. Uh, they refused to give me a blanket. I'm telling you, it was a horror movie. Uh, during that time, we already had five inmates from Calgary testifying to my lawyers that the guards were giving them incentives to murder me in prison, but they refused. Um, during that time, before I was arrested for the last time, they tried to burn us alive. So they, they lit my house on fire in the middle of the night. They unscrewed tires in my pickup truck. I was physically attacked. Our church was vandalized for three months every week. Uh, they burned our, uh, they tried to burn our church, uh, but they managed to burn our um, children's bus, entire bus burned to the ground. Uh, so the attempt on my life was happening on a regular basis. And then in jail, the guards wanted to murder me by the use of the inmates. But I was a hero in prison, like literally. Uh, everywhere I showed up, people recognized me. The criminals recognized me. They came for prayers. I was conducting church services through the doors. I was praying for them. And people were healed. People came to the Lord. They came crying. It was incredible. And they signed a petition uh, to the director that if he will not let me out of the solitary confinement, they're going to have a riot. And uh, he did. So I was able to conduct church services for the inmates in the entire unit. And then when I was kidnapped to Edmonton, um, the judge learned about the conditions I'm being kept. I said my goodbyes to my wife. I told her, I think I'm not coming home. They really intend to murder me here. They will say I froze to death. I had a heart attack. And the judge learned about this. And I was taken from a max pod when I was considered the most dangerous terrorist in the land. And they, you won't believe that, they put me in a psych ward without the evaluation of the doctors and even knowledge of Alberta Health Services, completely illegal. I spent a week over there and eventually I was released um, and put in, uh, into house arrest. I spent a year and a half on house arrest. And uh, finally, I met the judge. The judge agreed with the Crown Prosecutor Stephen Johnston that accused me of causing Canadian economy over $400 million worth of damages. And uh, he agreed that I'm super dangerous. 
and I have to be locked up. And I was found guilty on all the charges, including eco-terrorism under the Defense Act, and I faced 12 years of imprisonment. In September, I um, that was my sentencing, and because of international pressure, because of politicians in America stepping in, and, and uh, tens of thousands of people, prayer, of course, letters, phone calls, the government realized that they're turning me into a martyr, and I will not be a beneficial to them. Uh, during that time, um, the government came to me multiple times, over 10 times. They offered me uh, money. They offered me a guaranteed seat at the legislature. They offered me a government uh, position, $250,000 job. Uh, they offered me all kinds of um, uh, bribery. And then when they realized I'm not for sale, I told them I'm not for sale. I have already been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. They um, they started to threaten me, blackmail. Uh, fixers started to call me and they said the judge is bought and paid for. And you're going to prison and you're not coming out. But yet in September, uh, God used people from around the world the pressure was so huge that the judge, even though he found me guilty and he said, I can sentence you to 12 years of imprisonment, um, said you're free to go. Um, we've appealed the decision. And right now we're waiting for the court of appeal, the three judges uh, to see this case again in September. So a year later. And at the same time, I filed uh, one of the biggest uh, lawsuits in this country, we are literally going after hundreds of villains. We are alleging conspiracy to commit crime against me and my family. And we're going after Attorney General of Canada. We're going after police officers, Chief of Police, Alberta Health Services, Riemann Center, and all kinds of other government organizations. This is going to be a truly a gong show because we are going after hundreds of different individuals we are suing them personally, and we're going after the government organizations as well. Before you came on the air, I was talking to a gentleman who was at the uh, local or uh, the state Republican convention here where the, the the voting was on for who Michigan was going to ask to represent in the Republican Party. And of course, that's Donald Trump. And we've seen the trials. I was mentioning to him that we've seen the trials come against Trump. And it's, it's it reminds me of the verse, uh, what you intended to me for harm, God intended for good. And we can see a lot of good coming out of this, but unfortunately it's it's painful to to go through. But we're seeing, like you said, we're seeing prisoners set free spiritually in jail. I mean, you've been able to minister to people in jail. You've been able to preach to large crowd large crowds because of the notoriety. I'm reminded of, and I'm trying to get a number of things out here. One thing you said, if you'll just sign here, and I'm thinking of if you'll just pinch a bit of incense to Caesar, we'll blow it all away and we'll let it all go. But the trials you're describing to me remind me so much of the trials that I've seen prisoners go through who were protesting in the Capitol on January 6th. A guy named Jake Lang in particular shuttled from one prison to another, uh, detained without uh, uh, contact with his lawyers, what they call diesel torture, in other words, fumes entering his cell, uh, intense cold during the coldest days. Oh, the furnace went out, and then we had to we had to call to get them blankets. And so, yes, it's it's going on on both sides of the borders. Uh, not to certainly not to take away from what you went through, 
But it's it's I'm just saying that it's happening everywhere. And uh, yes, because we have to understand that the uh, tactics of the totalitarian wannabe farers are always identical. Uh, they are sending a message to the rest of the people. Look, if we can do this to a pastor, if we can do this to a peaceful protester, you know what we can do to you. So don't you dare stand up against us. Uh, that's why it's so important to make an example out of them. That's why I do what I do. I travel around and I share my story. And I'm telling the people, look, they've tried everything, including murder. And yet I am still standing because my God is bigger than all of their idols combined together. You see, the message must be very clear. They think they're gods, but we are serving the God, the God that holds their lives in the palm of his hands. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the creator uh, himself, and he will, ha he will have uh, his final say. So we must remind people not to be afraid. What they did, they blanketed the entire earth with terror. They terrorized all the people. What we need is the message of courage. Courage is needed in this time. Boldness. Do not bow. Do not give up. Do not quit. We are uh, the land of the brave and, and free, right? I mean, this is the Number one thing that I believe Americans need to hear, you know, who owns this land? Who, uh, to whom United States of America belongs to? If it's Biden's and Obama's and Clinton's, all those psychopaths, well, then I rest my case. But if you're like me, if you believe that this is a land that God has given it to us, this is our promised land, then rise up, stand up and fight for it. And there are different ways to fight this fight. I'm not talking about guns and swords. I'm talking about uniting, coming together, enough of division. Come together. Pastors, where are you? Churchgoers, where are you? Support this election. Support Donald Trump. He is a shield between you and the villains. Don't you get it? Don't you understand what's really going on? That if he goes down, you're next. You must understand that God has chosen certain people for such a time as this. When they go down, they will come after you. It's in your best interest to support the heroes, the fighters. They're not perfect people. I'm far from it. We're not perfect people. However, we need your support because if we go down, then their focus, the focus of the villains will be on you. So I say to the people, you got to provide um, the means for us to keep fighting. It's like my brother David always says, we are in the trenches, but you need to supply us with bullets. We, we are willing to shoot the Germans, the Nazis, but you need to keep supplying us with bullets. That's why the lawsuit, that's why we are doing the fundraisings, uh, so we can sue them, so we can go after them, so we can expose them, so we can let the people know who did this. And I think the most important question is why this was done to us. In an era of wealthy megachurches and wealthy televangelists and the like, your ministry is not like that at all. You're not asking for money to live a lavish lifestyle. I know that. You, in fact, I was thinking when you were talking about them trying to burn your church, you actually share that church financially with another church. Is that not right? So that was actually affecting that church, too. You know, were there multiple, any repercussions? Multiple churches, like from one facility during the big lie, we were kicked out because the government was threatening the owners of that church that we were renting from, that if they will not kick us out, they will shut down their facility. They did the same thing in the church that we are presently. And they did the same thing. However, 
the owner of the church was a courageous man. And he said to the government, no, I'll fight you every step of the way and I will not throw them out. So we were able to stay here. We are still here. Uh, We are a a small church uh, that our focus is outdoors. We are feeding thousands of people on the streets of Calgary every week. We started over 40 churches like this all over all over the the world. You've, you've been countries. doing that. You've been doing that feeding for years, right? You've been like cutting in on the business of the socialist city that you live in, right? Yeah, I'm doing this personally for 25 years now, feeding the homeless people, taking them off the streets. We used to have halfway uh, housing, and uh, right now we are feeding big lineups of people, and also. So three times a week, we are on the streets doing a church service for the poor, the poorest of the poor, and we conduct church services for them called Street Church. Streetchurch.ca, if you want to see what we do, streetchurch.ca. And also we meet three times a week in a building, like a regular church. We teach theology and history, and we come and worship and have Lord's Supper together. That's on Wednesdays. And Bible study and Saturday morning is our first service. And then Sunday morning is our second service. And then in the afternoon on Sunday, we have another service in front of the city hall where we feed the homeless people. Uh, So we have been doing this for, like I said, 25 years. And we share this facility with a number of other churches because simply at this moment, we cannot afford to buy our own place i mean everything is so crazy important and our all the money that we were able to generate uh, it goes into fighting this tyranny because you gotta remember i have three legal teams fighting for our church and our lives we have the court of appeal uh the you know the decision that we're appealing still fighting for the terrorism charges and and the inciting charges which are ridiculous um the crown prosecutor accused me of um, compared my sermon, peaceful sermon, to a Rwanda genocide. He said that what I said was like a man inciting murder on others. Like, I mean, they lost their marbles. It's crazy. Um, so that's going on. And then I had to hire uh, another set of lawyers for my son. My son was detained four times because he spoke at the European Union, ex- you know, explaining to European Parliament what was happening in Canada. So the government, Canadian government, arrested him four times. I had to hire lawyers to fight for my son. And now I have another uh, legal team, criminal lawyers. I have uh, civil rights lawyers, an entire team of lawyers suing them. and costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to go after the government. That's why um, we're not able to afford a building at this moment. Well, frankly, I think heavy investment in buildings sometimes just detracts from the work of the Lord because you do have all these other costs. You've been you've been putting your congregation's money where where you know it's having the most benefit, reaching out to the poor, to the homeless, to the needy, and get, and spreading the gospel. And then of course defending defending human rights. You know, you, you mentioned that you were accused of uh, uh, promoting genocide like in Rwanda. And I was wondering, gee, did you start yelling anything like from the from the river to the sea? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are the genocidals, right? Yeah, of course. But you got to remember, um, the, the Bible says that there will come a time when they will call good evil and evil good. We're living in this kind of a, 
you know environment when villains are protected and promoted and the victims are vilified and punished if you are a good person right now you are the enemy of the state when you are a traitor and i believe that majority if not all of our canadian politicians are traitors and they should be charged with treason uh, you're going to get benefits you have to understand that canadian politicians every year are giving themselves a raise canadians are getting poorer politicians are getting richer that's just how it is uh, they are enslaving the rest of us telling us we will own nothing and we will be happy at the same time they are driving psuvs um, getting more land and flying private jets and that's what we see around the world so this is what we're dealing with and i have been um, you know very forward warning the Western civilization about what's coming for the past 20 years. I was telling them, uh, this is a totalitarian regime. We're dealing with a hydra with many heads, but it's the same thing. Communist, socialism, and fascism, a combination of all those totalitarian regimes. Those people are evil, and they're forwarding evil. Lawlessness in the land. Lawlessness will bring more lawlessness. That's what we see in our court system. That's what we see with the police department. That's what we see in our hospitals, lawlessness. It, it looks like no one is accountable anymore. Uh, law and order doesn't exist. Uh, so we must fight for that or our children will be completely enslaved. That's why I believe my lawsuit is so important because it will uncover this sinister conspiracy connecting different organizations and different people to what those people were doing to us. Um, information, we used to say it when I was still in the business realm, information is more valuable than money. We need to get the right information because when you know with whom you're dealing with, well, then we will know how to fight them. It's very important to know your enemy. Um, so, yes, our main ministry is homelessness. That's our main focus. That's where majority of the churchgoers go to minister three times a week we feed thousands of people on the streets but during the week we feed other people uh, single moms poor families truckloads of food are going every week somewhere uh, in and out so but also i believe in justice and righteousness and law and we must bring sanity back into our uh, our systems all the seven mountains of influence have been taken over by evil we must take them back for righteousness. Okay, we're coming up on the music, and I wanted you to, uh, and frankly, we needed, our, our main enemy is actually, this is a spiritual warfare, so we must remain in prayer. But if you would, I would like you to do two things. I'd like to like you to tell us where we can contribute to your effort, and then second, close us in prayer. As you said, we only have like 40 seconds. Sure, thank you so much. So, uh, streetchurch.ca if you want to be part of what we are doing and we need help i mean we really need help street church because we're on the streets streetchurch.ca and there is a legal fight over there you can see the press a conference we did and uh, and the whole uh, legal suit and you can help so father god i pray that your perfect will will be manifested in our uh, beloved nations in you united states of america in canada father everywhere we pray for your perfect will. Come with your might and power in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and give us boldness and courage and open our eyes so we can see what's really going on. Amen. Uh, Thank you, Pastor. We'll talk to you soon.